0: Welcome to the Imperfect Professional Podcast, where we have real conversations about what it looks like to run a business that fits your lifestyle. We're here to ditch perfectionism and comparison, and instead create our own rules about what a perfect business looks like. I'm Shana Nacion, and I'm your host. Join me and our amazing guests from all around the world for some real talk about identity, mindset, and authenticity in the small business world. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. And I am Shayna Nacion. I keep forgetting to introduce myself and I'm getting better at it. So yay. Good job. Now you know who I am. (laughs) So today we are talking to my friend Sonia and I have been wanting to talk to Sonia about this topic for so long. She is super cool. She's the CEO and founder of Wildly Creating. And it is a brand and web design studio, right? Is that technically what you call it? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Agency.
0: Agency. And she's currently based in Australia, but Sonia is amazing because she runs her business from wherever the fuck she decides that she wants to be. <laughs> and so I'm really excited to have her here. Sonia, how are you doing today? Oh my God. Thank you so much. That was such a lovely intro.
1: <laughs> I'm doing amazing. And yes, I run my business from wherever in the world I am, which is perfect description.
0: <laughs> and right now you are in Australia with three dogs your pet sitting. Is that right?
1: Rhino and pet sitting tree dogs. Yeah, they're sleeping for now, but yes.
0: And one is the cutest little potato-sized pug I have ever seen. It's so adorable.
1: (laughs) It's so cute. It's like, yeah, 11 weeks old now.
0: (laughs) It hurts. (laughs) That's so cute. I (laughs) do. Sonia posted a, um Instagram story a few days ago and she was just holding it in one hand and she was just like, look at how small this dog is. And the world went nuts. We all were just like, oh my God. <laughs> I never had such a high engagement
1: on my stories because of a dog. It was really, really funny. Everyone kept on
0: messaging me like, hey, can you send a picture of the pug again? <laughs> That's so funny. Have you, I was going to say, have you babysit? But have you pet-sit a pug before?
1: Uh, not this baby. I had, I did, fet- I did pet sit a baby pug, but it was just baby in size, not baby, like actual top beef. So this is the first. Oh my God.
0: That's so cute. Oh, <laughs> and the little tail, like yeah. the most adorable thing. Like <laughs> I think. That- yeah. Okay. But this isn't the pug podcast. So tell us a little bit <laughs> about your business, what you do, all of that. All right.
1: So I started my business in 2020 when I just needed to work online because I was traveling in Australia and I was tired of going back to normal jobs. So I decided that I wanted to work online with the first thing that came to mind, which was virtual assistant and social media manager. I did that. I did not like it, but I was getting some money, so it was okay. Then I had two clients that asked me to design a website. And since I was traveling and all of my life has been travel, I had built my own travel blog and I was really familiar with the platform. So I said, "Yeah, of course I can do that. I fell in love with the design process and I was like, I'm not going back to scheduling posts and creating Canva graphics. So let's start from scratch and I'm gonna call myself a web designer. So that's how I started. That was roughly, yeah, end of 2020. And the more I was doing web design, the more I realized that I needed to offer branding as well, because it was really hard to design a website without branding. But the moment I started to learn about branding, that became even more important than web design. So now my business is really focused on branding as the very first thing, especially as like a self-development tool, more than just like the branding that you need for your business. Like it's a much deeper approach. And of course, we also do web design. But oh, they go hands in hand, so it's all good. But the main focus is on branding. So yeah, and right now I'm in the process of splitting my business. So I'm going to have, like, I right now have a dual business. On one side is the agency. So I do done for you web design and branding. And on the other side, I'm opening a mentorship a platform. So I do mentorship and I help people build their personal brand.
0: I love that so much. I know because I noticed your content was starting to shift from kind of deliverable focus to more like internal mindset shifts and like just kind of getting to know what your personal brand is. Like you had the whole pancake quiz and everything. I was like, "Ooh, I like this. I like where this is going.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so glad you noticed because it was very long time in the making. So (laughs) it was a long shift. Yeah.
0: Well, and I mean, we mentioned the pancake personality quiz, but Can you tell us a little bit about the mentorship side and like what you hope it is going to become?
1: Yeah. So basically I really believe that branding can be much more than just a brand, a business asset. Like when I started to learn about branding, it really changed the game for me for learning about who I am, who, like who I want to be in the business and in life. Like it's almost like everything tied together. It was like, A mix of therapy, meditation, and life coaching all at once. And at the end of it, you get like a brand identity. So it was amazing. It was perfect for me. So I said, that's the main focus. Like, this is what I really want to work on with people. It's less about creating the logo and creating the deliverables and more about helping you realize that you are unique in the world. So that's the main focus for the mentorship. And I really want to help people build their personal brand rather than coming up with the perfect brand identity. Of course, the brand identity is still going to be part of the project, but it's more important to build a brand that it's actually recognizable, like that people can recognize it, people can see, it, people can remember. And that starts by aligning your values in all possible aspects. So business values, life gap values, they should be the same because as long as they go in the same direction, success is just the option, the only option.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. And it's true when we think about like how your day-to-day life looks, if it's not aligned, if your work isn't aligned with your life, then of course you're going to have like a shitty work-life balance or just a shitty day-to-day because like you're doing stuff that doesn't resonate with who you are. So I love that. I love that so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. That means a lot because it's something that I did not realize at first. You know, we all started business because we want the freedom. We want to do whatever we want. And then we fall into this trap of like, we need to follow this script for launching, for creating a product suite, for the workflow. It's almost like everyone is giving you a shortcut to do whatever you want to do, but then you end up following that shortcut, that framework without having any freedom of flexibility around
0: it yeah and I think that's such an important thing you know you mentioned how life coaching kind of interweaves with all that stuff and that's something that I think is so important and I don't want to be anybody's life coach you know because that's you know it's hard enough for me I go to therapy for that I don't want to do that for anybody else you know so it's like it's so cool that you are willing to really get to that level with people so that you can build a Complete transformation instead of just, you know, surface level, you're actually getting to the heart of who they are as people. Is that like, does that take a lot out of you to get to that deep level with people? A little bit, but
1: it's much better for me than not doing it. For example, when I do brand strategy, even when it's one on one for the agency side, so just like I'm doing it for you, if I don't know the client on a very, I would, uh, okay, deep level, but like, Somehow deep, it's really hard for me to do anything because I don't know what is going on in your head. So it's real. I have maybe two or three past clients that were not people that I talk to regularly for months. Everybody else is people that I've been known for since the moment I started my business, you know. And that's why everything is so good because I, I know them on a much deeper level. And I feel like I'm really good at asking the right question. Like I know how to guide people by asking questions without giving the solution. So my focus my approach is focus on that because I know that I can give you a better solution if I'm asking you the right question, rather than just giving you what you want.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. That's always the hardest thing for me. I don't have the patience for it. so it's amazing to me. I, I give you major props for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And it's true. It's like, you know, sometimes if you feel like you have the answer to the question, this is always my problem is like I ask the question and then when they give me the answer, I might not be as receptive to what they're trying to communicate. And they might be coming from a completely different place than where I'm coming from. And even if I think my way is better, it's probably not for them. So like, (laughs) yeah, you really need somebody like you who has that ability to step aside and say, like, it's not my ego. It's about you and what you need for your life and your business. That's really cool that you're able to do
1: that. Oh, my God. Thank you. That's exactly it. And also, like, I'm thinking about all my past experiences with coaches or even with one of calls. And it's always like you jump on the call. You talk for one second about what you need, and they have the solution right away because probably they were ready for the call or whatever. But you know, you how can you give me the solution without asking me if that feels right to me and why it feels right or it doesn't? So, I'm sometimes and times when I'm on the call with somebody, they're saying they have this problem, and I'm like, yes, I have the solution for you. But no, 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 no. Okay, hold on. Tell me more about it so I know if that's the right solution for you and. You know, I just love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned a little bit about like the pressures that you see a lot of people feeling like in the industry. What kind of pressures did you have when you were just starting out? Because I know you've, you started last year, so you you probably had a lot of like growing pains to get to where you are now.
1: (laughs) Well, the pressure probably lies in the schedule, in the habit in the lifestyle and sometimes in who you are. Sometimes I feel like that's true, but especially in the structure that people are giving you, like you need to post five times a day, five times a week, sorry. And that needs to be consistent and you need to do specific things. You need to develop your product suite to a very, like in a very specific way. You have to launch a course actually. Do a group coaching program and then launch the course and then turn this into a tripwire, you know, all this kind of strip, script thing that you have to follow. And that if you don't, that's why it's not working. And I think the most for me, like the most stressful was launching. I've been taught how to launch in different, like different words, same concept and same ways. It never feels good. And I'm still finding the right launching method for me, but. <laughs> That's the worth.
0: I I feel the same way about launching because there's such a huge pressure to be as extroverted and like just be a cheerleader. Basically, you have to be standing there with your pom poms being like, over here, (laughs) look at what I'm doing. And it's like, if you are the kind of person who wants to fucking carry pom poms everywhere you go, maybe you want to like, I don't know, like share some pug content instead or like share some roller skating (laughs) content. Then, yeah, launching like that doesn't always feel right.
1: Absolutely. And that's also the struggle. It's almost like you need to be high energy all the time, even when you're not. And it portrays this idea that, you know, entrepreneurship is always positive. You're always excited about putting your offers out there. You're always excited because you're making a shitload of money. And sometimes it's not like that. I feel like we should normalize also other feelings and still able to run a business on that feeling. Like, I think I saw a post recently, I can't remember who posted, but like you are allowed to make money even when you're sad, even when you're angry, even on your worst days. And we should normalize that. It's not like everything is spring going unicorn all the time, especially when launching.
0: Yeah, totally. I agree. And I think there's another thing, you know, we talked about this on a past episode of the podcast a little bit, but the idea of manifestation, and I feel like There's this idea that if you just believe hard enough that everything is sunshine and rainbows, then your life will become sunshine and rainbows because you believed it and you called it into your life. But I mean, sure, there's some truth to being open to the possibility that things can be better than you think they are. But I also feel like it kind of makes it... It it makes all the pressure on you to always have your mood controlled and your mood and your emotions to be this peppy, happy thing. And that's not always going to be the case. Like you said, you know, you are allowed to make money and run your business when you're feeling like shit some days.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like this toxic spirituality sometimes is really getting to me because you see it coming from people that are. So different than me, they're having a completely different lifestyle, and it's it's easy to say that things are happening to you when they already happen to you. I really believe like you can create a reality the reality that you want, and if you desire something enough and you put in work, you can totally get it like absolutely. but a lot of people just, as you said, are just focused on just think about it and just manifest it, but sometimes it's much more than that and it's not also it's not always the happy feeling by like sometimes you want to manifest something but just even thinking about it it's too painful or just too hard like we all have our stories.
0: Yeah and I think there's another side of it that like if you don't have what you want and you feel that you can have whatever you want if you just manifest it hard enough then If it doesn't work out, then you feel like a failure because it was your responsibility to manifest it, right? Instead of it just not being the right time or the right situation for that particular thing you wanted. I feel like for me, at least, I try too hard to push things if it's not the right time or it's not the right situation. And then I feel like shit because I wasn't able to like make that thing for myself. And it's like, how about accepting the fact that there are things you can't control And just things aren't always going to work out that way.
1: Yeah. And that's also a learning lesson. Like maybe that's the thing that you needed to manifest. Like sometimes it's not about the outcome that you wanted, but the lesson that is coming with it. And that's basically every (laughs) launch that I ever made. (laughs) Like the outcome is probably always secondary, but you always learn something that, oh, now I see why I needed to launch. <laughs> yeah,
0: I love that. And I love that you don't get caught up in like the feelings of failure, you know, just kind of like, oh, well, I guess that's what I needed to learn from that. That's a really cool way of thinking about it.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I had my, fe- my feeling of failure. <laughs> yeah, I like, I'm getting much better. I just found out recently my old journal that I had last year, and I was reading through it as I, oh my god, like I made so much progress, and the fear of failure is "Mm, not there anymore. But sometimes it's still coming. I feel like I did a lot of work because in the first year of my business, I experienced so much rejection that I kind of needed to toughen up a little bit. And even earlier this year, I remember when I was relaunching my business and kind of raising my prices. I remember there was a period, I think it was when we started talking, I received something like 15 inquiries to work with me, 15 discovery calls, and it was 12 no's in a row. You kind of have to learn from that
0: a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I know there's this, weird idea too I think that's out there that like you your self-worth and your identity is kind of bundled up in how good you are at running your <laughs> business and it's hard to get outside of that sometimes it's like oh I suck as a person because I only got three discovery calls that said yes instead of the 12 that said no and it's like Ugh.
1: yeah oh my god yeah that's why I'm passionate about like learning what is behind your business because sometimes it's much more than that like you're not a failure if people said no, maybe you didn't even want, want to work with them. And I feel like we feel like at least I feel so much pressure from signing client constantly because that's the Instagram definition of success. So if you have a lot of clients, you're making a lot of money for every month because you're signing every client, then you're successful. And sometimes saying no to somebody is the real success. Yeah.
0: So what does success look like for you? Well, first off, what does your average work day look like? Because I'm sure it looks very different from the typical Instagram, like reality, per- perfect picture or picture-perfect thing. What does your day yeah. look like?
1: So I am trying to work only Monday to Thursday, and I always keep Monday as my CEO day, simply because in the rest of the world, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can bother me <laughs> and I can do my things. And then, yeah, I take calls only on Tuesday and Thursday and Wednesday. It's kind of like my content creation work and I do client work in between calls as well. So, yeah, like ideally, I'm not there yet, but ideally I'm just working four hours a day. I and I cannot stand more than four hours. Like my brain just shut down after that. So maybe it's my human design, but... It's just not working for me. And yeah, so basically that's it. Like Monday to Thursday, it's a perfect work work day. And it's mostly planning and less client work because I outsource most of my client work to my team. And I only take care of like the strategy session, jumping on the call with clients, communication, coordination, and all the research aspect of it.
0: Nice. And then what about outside of work? What does your typical day look like?
1: Outside of work, I am really committed to roller skating. I do that at least once a day. This week has been a little bit tough, but usually once a day I'm going out skating for a couple of hours. When I'm not, when I'm living in the van full time, like now I'm pet sitting, so I'm living in the house. But when I'm not, I usually start my day by going to the beach. I spend maybe a couple of hours there reading, walking, getting in the water. And then I usually start working. I I work from an office and... Yeah, that's amazing because you know people are really easygoing. They know that I live in the Van, so they're always super welcoming. They see that I'm walking in barefoot with like still pants <laughs> all over my face, and I oh, I'm waterboarding. Very <laughs> <But> good. <again, laughs> but this is mostly my days, and weekends are completely unplugged, so not Instagram, no email, nothing. And usually, everything is in nature. I don't really enjoy watching movies or stay on the couch even though sometimes I
0: I love that and I love that you still are able to separate your work stuff from you know the van because I feel like for me like I just kind of have my little one room area my bed's right over there you know and it's hard for me sometimes to compartmentalize those two worlds and keep work in the workplace, but I love that you Mm. don't work in the van. You're like, Nope, I'm going to work in this office. Even if I come in with sandy toes and sandy hair, here I am.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's nice. Well, sometimes I work from the van, but it's very different is because in my van, I have to make the bed every single day. So every morning when I wake up, I make my bed and the bed turns into a couch. And from the couch, I have a table. So it's very easy to separate because when it's night, it's night. Like there's only the bed. There's nothing out. Like you can't be working when the bed is on. But when it's morning, you can stay on the couch. You can use the, you can use the computer. But I always try to work from the office and I just work from the van when I just need to record stories or have easy meetings, like catch up with friends. And if, even if I have to write emails and I know that it's good, like sales sequence, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like to do it from the van because it's just like cozy and I'm looking at the ocean.
0: That's super cool. Yeah, and I, there's so much to van life that's really interesting to me because it's like everything has to have a dual purpose. You gave that tour and you were like, everything is storage, but it's also furniture. And I was like, that's brilliant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, honestly, this van specifically is like the best I ever had. It's so good. It's. I really, really, really enjoy it. And yes, like everything has multiple purposes. Like the top of my sink, that's also my cutting board. But if I flip it on the other side, I use it just like for storing other stuff. It's like everything has many, many purposes.
0: That's so cool. It's like, it's like a, what do you call that? Escape room, you know, where it's like you have hidden things everywhere and it's like, oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you flip something and one door opens on the other side.
0: (laughs) I love that. I forget who I was talking to, but I was talking to somebody and I was telling them about this place that we lived in, um, Wailua House Lots. And the guy that we rented from, his house was being foreclosed on. So it was a temporary situation. He was like, yeah, sure. They're going to foreclose on my house. So just come live over here. And he had so many marijuana plants growing and it was just so chill. And we were like, okay, whatever. But he didn't really want the house. He hired my boyfriend to help convert a van into a living space for him and that's what he ended up living in but he's a surf instructor so he put giant surf racks on the top of the van and he just lives wherever in the van and then just drives over to the beach and meets his clients and he's like here you go here's your surfboard and it's like so permanent.
1: i love it i love it so so much that's such a similar lifestyle like it's so popular to see people here in australia with vans come like beautiful vans with so many surfboards, like kayaks so cool i love it
0: yeah well and so before you lived in australia you're originally from italy right so before you lived in australia were you traveling like all over the place and you know kind of sticking to that van life or were you kind of doing like a little bit here and there or how was that working
1: So, I was always traveling, but in very different ways of traveling. I lived overseas and in different countries, even when I was a kid, because of my mom's jobs and also because she used to send me for summer somewhere else. So, I've always been around. And then I properly started to really, really enjoy the lifestyle of traveling when I was in Brazil, because I lived for six months there going to school and I was living with a host family. Once I was back, like I came back to Italy, I finished my high school and went to Amsterdam and then lived there for two years in a row. The plan was to start university, but yeah, that, that didn't happen. And out, like up until that point, I was just, that wasn't my traveling. It was just like, I need to be outside of the country, outside of Italy and that's traveling. And then I would do like small trips to Spain, Portugal, UK. But it was like, I became obsessed with band life and like minimalistic lifestyle when I was in Amsterdam, really obsessed, like watching videos, YouTube and how to convert. Like I even bought so many books on how to convert specific bands, even before I bought a band for myself. <laughs> so I was really into that. So with my boyfriend at the time, we decided to go to Australia because that was the easiest place to do band life. So before doing that, of course, there Like, Australia is really far from Europe, so there's so many countries in between. So we traveled in Southeast Asia for a bit, and that was, like, the digital nomad slash backpacker lifestyle. But, of course, it was without a business. I was just a broke backpacker (laughs) without any digital involved, just a nomad. But that was fun. And then uh, we arrived in Australia, and then life started. So that's how I fell in love with it. And honestly, I feel like still my lifestyle. Like a lot of people get tired after maybe six months or maybe one year, just like that experience that you want to have. I feel like for me, it's a lifestyle. Like I really feel it's going to be for a longer period. So now I am.
0: (laughs) Do you think you're going to stay in Australia or do you think you're going to keep going somewhere else or... Oh, my God,
1: that's a million dollar. <laughs> I change my mind every day. My visa is up in March 2022. I still have no idea. <laughs> I don't want to spend a lot of money because I really dropped so much money on the Australian government. So I'm really trying to find a visa that is cheap. My I have three option one is staying longer with a very cheap visa. Option two is going to New Zealand and either ship the van or convert a new van. And if I'm staying here, I'm also gonna convert a bigger van. And option three is probably going to Malawi. My mom is gonna be working there for two years. Oh wow! So in Africa, so I might go there and just do like, like a African road trip or even trip. Nice. So I will. I will ask me again. <laughs>
0: yeah definitely i'm waiting for one of those options to be that you come out to hawaii and visit because
1: like that would be so much oh fun. yes oh my god yeah no that's happening it's also so much closer from here so maybe
0: yeah
1: i should do it
0: i know i always think about that like i'll get so shipped from china and they send it to like the mainland u.s and then they send it back here and i'm like dude we're so much closer than that why did you just send it to honolulu i'm like we're in the middle of both that side of the world and this side of the world. Just come on over. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. I would I would honestly love it. I think it's very similar lifestyle to what I have right now. Yeah. So that would be fun.
0: Yeah, I think you'd like Kauai because Kauai is like, it's just a jungle. I always like, I was showing my assistant Ella and I was like, yeah, this is my drive home from the main town. And she's like, everything is so green. And I'm like, yeah, we actually have to pay people to trim like bushes and stuff back from the road otherwise it just takes over the road <laughs> like we actually have our oh taxpayer God. dollars go to keeping the jungle from eating us
1: <laughs> I love it I love it it's like when you when you're driving in a highway and you see the trees perfectly cut into the side <laughs> like the, side of the, the size of a truck and you see the truck going go here perfect
0: yeah <laughs> and that's the entire island except for the west side the west side I think you would probably feel a little bit more like Uh, like it's australia because the west side of the island is really dry and we have we're Mm -hmm. famous for our red dirt like there used to be like t-shirt shops that would be like red dirt t-shirts and it was just like shirts that they would dye in dirt which sounds really stupid but it's like this copper colored dirt yeah it's like it's really unique so i think you'd like
1: it (laughs) yeah it's like the west side of australia
0: oh yeah yeah, that's interesting. Australia is such a fascinating place. I don't really have any desire to go there because it seems like it would be really hot all the time and I like colder weather, but
1: yeah. But no, I mean, if you go to Tasmania, which is where I started my business, oh, yeah. you might have maybe two days of summer. Oh, okay. It's really cold. Like it snows there, at, you know, it's pretty much cold all the time. It's like you don't have to go north, but everything south, it's really cold. Like even now that it's summer. Oh, wow.
0: That's interesting. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, you have options. Yeah, I got to get a passport first. I don't even have one. (laughs) So, okay. Here's another question I like to ask people, and especially in, like, the brand design industry. How many times have you changed your logo since you started your business? I'm going to surprise you. Okay.
1: I don't have (laughs) (laughs) it. Because of that reason. (laughs) I got. Dog so many times that I was like, you know what? I don't think it's a format. Yeah. <laughs> I have some like brand asset, like some icon logos kind of thing that my friend designed for me because she designed it for me, not even I. Like <laughs> I was so, uh, but before that, I changed my logo maybe four times.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. You're just like, nope, I don't even have one. I don't need it. Whatever.
1: <laughs> I will have one
0: once I'm ready. I am not. <laughs> Oh my God, I love that so much. It's so, I feel like that's exactly why I've been so excited to talk to you about all this stuff. Because <laughs> you're just like, fuck it, I don't need a logo. Sure, I design logos, but I don't need one for myself right now. This is not the right time for me. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. And so many things are changing in my business. I'm planning on relaunching in January or February out yeah, there. So there is no point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. So we talked a little bit about it earlier, but what would you say success looks like for you and your business and your life?
1: Yeah, so that is a very good question. I've been really fitting with this idea of success for the past few weeks because I just like recently realized that I was trying to. My idea of success was really focused on what you see on Instagram. So I was really attached to the idea of the six-figure business working one hour a month. Wow from this island drinking coconut water kind of style and great. I would love to, but that's not what success looks like to me. It's much different. So being able to travel, to keep on, to keep my lifestyle the way it is, keep on being me, keep on visiting different places, that's success it's less about being booked out and working a lot. And even like the six figures concept, like, of course I want to have six figures, but it's not the main thing. It's what I can do with the six figure business, which is outsourcing, growing a team, have make sure that my team have more responsibility and they can actually run the business without me. And yeah, keep on reinvesting in my business rather than just reach that milestone in my business. So success to me, like everything for me is freedom. And I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but it's the real freedom. It's like the found life freedom in a country that is not mine, traveling whenever I want, roller skating, waking up, going to do my run, my random stuff by the beach and be happy.
0: I love that. Is it too cliche? No, that makes perfect sense because the idea of what success looks like the kind of underlying assumption there is that it looks like something. And for you, it looks like whatever you decide it looks like on any given day. And I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And really trying to move away from the monetary success. We always feel like that's the only kind of success because you can measure that. But that's not the only thing, really, really not.
0: I know, and it's an interesting one too. My my relationship with finances is super complicated, but like... The idea that money is just a tool for whatever you want to use it for and what it actually means to you is something different depending on how much you want to spend. If you want to spend a lot of money then you need to make a lot of money and if you don't want to spend a lot of money you don't really need six figures necessarily.
1: Absolutely yeah and even a van like I really don't (laughs) have big expenses like even my groceries are like so cheap compared to normal people and that's not because i don't eat it's just because i cannot store so much in the fridge <laughs>
0: yeah that's a really good point and you have to be like careful of like food waste and stuff like that like i imagine so I'm i imagine that for you budgeting isn't just about money but it's about like time it's about you know space it's about supplies it's about food it's about everything
1: it's about yeah everything as you said yeah when i budget it's like, I've, of course, they do the budgeting for the money, but it's more about like, OK, if I want to travel to this place, this is going to be maybe a six hours drive. OK, let's plan this. <laughs>
0: yeah. Driving for six hours. No, thank you. I write that one off. Really? Yeah. I mean, here uh, you can't drive for six hours. You drive for two hours and you're at the end of the island. So <laughs> like you can't go anywhere else. <laughs> It's like this, mate. He's really like this. Yeah, and it's interesting, too. I was thinking about Hawaii a lot because each island is so different. We have the Big Island. That's Hawaii Island, but we all just call it the Big Island because it's huge. Apparently, it's <laughs> bigger than New Jersey and Connecticut combined. Just that one island is bigger than two continental U.S. states. And I was like, huh. Wow. Didn't really think about that. That is big. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the island that has both snow and the active volcano. <laughs> So they were saying, like, I looked it up and I was like, How big is Hawaii Island? And they were like, Well, it's this many thousands of miles and it's growing every day. And I was like, Oh, that's a good point. It's like <laughs> actively getting bigger. <laughs> I love it. It's so weird. And it's also weird to think that people are like, I want to live on an active volcano. That's where I'm going to be.
1: It's because it's beautiful. It's true. It is beautiful. Yeah. Well, people say that in Australia, everything is trying to kill you, and still people live here. Yeah. Even though I don't believe everything is right,
0: <laughs> says the woman with a pug, but it's just adorable. Which <laughs> is. Oh my god! Look at that face. That's oh. You have to keep him a little bit quiet. Yeah, I could hear a little bit of like a the noise, and I, it, yeah, it's him breathing. Oh my god.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's him. that's so cute i have a friend who grew up for part of his life in australia and he said that he had a cat and you know how cats will bring you presents of like half-dead animals he said that because he lived in australia the animals that his cat would bring him were half-dead snakes (laughs) and he would just wake up in his bed as like a six-year-old and there would just be like a writhing half-dead snake on his floor (laughs) and he was like jesus So that's my idea of Australia. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Oh my God. That's funny. Yeah. Honestly, like, I don't think
1: I've ever had any very special encounter with deadly creatures. Yeah. Like you see them from afar. I realize that they are deadly and you just walk the other direction. So
0: yeah. Unless you have a cat Everything that's trying fun. to murder you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. true. <laughs> so. We talked a little bit about what you want your business to become. What's the why behind your business? We talk about the why a lot in brand design of like, you know, what is it that you want your business to help do for the world and for you?
1: That's a very nice question. I feel like this is also not changing, but like evolving. The more I go deep into my business and I learn about myself. But initially, like the main why that I had was because I wanted to show my people around me, my future children, my family, like people around me that there is a way so you can make your dreams reality without having to struggle. Your dreams are not too big, too wild, too much, too different, too complicated. No, they are just dreams. And it's your responsibility to make it happen, you know. So that was the initial why. And that, of course change and evolve and now that I'm thinking about the mentorship the why is really to help people realize that they are unique and that is that matters that is the only thing that matters in the world like when we are able to create a business that is in complete alignment with who you are that's amazing like nothing else matters really that was the main goal that I had for them and it's just feeling like you wake up and you want to do what you want to do and that is your dream. So basically, that's my goal. Like, make people aware that their dreams are not enough.
0: That's awesome. Like, are right, enough. Right. Yeah, they're not too much. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really cool. And do you feel like a lot of people come to you and don't know what their dreams even are?
1: Yeah, 100%. It's like sometimes I get people that are like, oh, I'm just doing this because I know that I have the skills. But the question then is like, why did you even start it? Like maybe a lot of people, they brought, like they quit their nine to five and then they start a business that is exactly the same thing, doing exactly what they were doing, but for themselves. And they're happy and that's okay. But a lot of people are not happy and they just do it because that's the only thing they know how to do. And like for me, I never went to design school. I not, I don't even have one book on design. It's... It's like everything I learned, it's because I felt like I really wanted to learn. And I feel like it's, it's more about doing things and experiencing stuff that you realize what is important. So, a lot of people have this fear they, oh, I don't know if I would like it because I never did it, but you have to do it so that you can realize it. So, yeah, we have this conversation on the daily.
0: Yeah. And it's such a good point. We think of experience the way that people describe experience is how many years of education you have or whether you have a degree or some shit like that. But it's like, you're exactly right. If you just experience something, that is life experience. And so why would you need to put yourself through school? Why not just try and do the thing you want to try and do? I feel like for me, at least I When I was back in college, there was a lot of pressure. They were like, go and pursue your bachelor's degree. And I was like, well, what would I want a bachelor's degree for? And I was like, really, all I would want a bachelor's degree for is to do what I'm already doing, which is running my own design studio. So why would I go and put all this time and money into all this knowledge when I'm already doing what I want to be doing? Like, why go back to the land?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like a lot of people put too much pressure on certification and courses and university. And of course, you need to get some education somehow, but the education doesn't have to be formal education. A lot of like, especially right now, most of the courses are more specific to the thing that you want to do. While university degrees are so broad that it's just like knowledge for you that you might not even apply ever I really believe that you should get the certification and the education that you want once what you want it to not just like do it and then you'll say it's just by doing things that you realize this is something that you will not keep on doing it for a year month, the rest of your life or how long it is
0: yeah totally so let's talk about something that might I mean I don't know I I'm curious about how this affects you, but as somebody who's running your business in such a unique way and in such a really different and kind of isolated lifestyle, do you ever get lonely? Do you ever feel like you're the only person who's doing what you're doing?
1: Oh, yeah. In that sense, yes. I feel like I'm the only person doing it like that. But there is a community. Like, I can see the community. Maybe there are none design agency owners but i feel people like i can see people run their own business from their van and get lonely just because (laughs) i really enjoy my own company and i don't get frustrated i'm i spend one week on my own in the van like at all i'm actually happy (laughs) but i would say that it's hard sometimes to find the right mentor or coach because they don't understand the lifestyle so I always try to go with people that they're living something similar or they live like digital nomad lifestyle simply because otherwise they would not understand even just wi-fi struggles like if you live in a normal house you don't have this problem like my wi-fi cuts out half of the times Or like it's not working, or I am parked under a fucking tree and there is no signal. There are so many things that can affect my day and my business. And I need people that understand that. So even for launching, which is the most important thing, (laughs) the, the way you launch as a digital nomad is probably different than if you live in a normal house, just even for the self care stuff that you do afterwards. So yeah, I get lonely in that sense. That
0: makes sense. If you are the first person that you know to do something, Who do you ask for help when you don't know how to do something?
1: Yeah. 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 But I like asking to other people just for their perception of the same topic. Sometimes it just gives me a different, different angle. So it's still good.
0: That's super cool. I feel like for me, growing up in a huge fucking Filipino family of just extroverts, it's weird when things are quiet. And it's weird when there's nobody around because I feel a little bit like almost not I wouldn't say like in danger, but I don't know what's coming because there's no people. So it's like when there's noise or there's people around, I kind of always know what to expect. And that's something I feel like I had to get used to when we moved to um, this other place that I live because there was just like nobody around. And I was like, what time of day is it are there other people that exist what's what's happening in the world out there i don't really know so it's cool that you can still keep connections and not uh, feel like you are completely isolated even when you're just on your own doing your own thing that's really cool that's surprising to me
1: <laughs> yeah no i really like i i really like silence and i like being on my own honestly the best days are the days where i have the time to just sit and don't do anything like no technology, not even books or journaling. Just sitting and thinking. And I really, I really enjoy my own company, so I don't struggle as much. But I also enjoy being social on my own terms. If I have to be social because I want to, you know, I would, I, I will do it. <laughs> just like also with van life, you need to be a little bit okay with the fact that at times you're gonna be alone, and sometimes it can be scary. And sometimes noises can be a little bit awkward, especially if you're sleeping in a place where you should not sleep and you hear a car approaching, it's like, okay, are they going to knock on my window? What is going to happen? But that's my life. Like, you get that sometimes.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would be like, I need a gun or a knife or something. I'm going to be like out here living in a van and who knows is going to show up. That would be terrifying to me.
1: Well, I have like a tomato can in my van that I always keep adding case. <laughs> That's my
0: weapon. <laughs> nice, there you go. <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned something that I think is really interesting. It's just the idea of like running a business in general and the day-to-day life and like launching is so different when you live in a van versus when you don't. What other things would we be surprised as people who live in houses What other things would we be surprised are a big deal? Well,
1: (laughs) are you asking in business, in a business? Anything. Or like general? Yeah. Well, if you're hungry at 2 a.m., you're not getting any food unless you can cook like Probably a bathroom is one of the most common. Like a lot of people think, oh, I cannot live in a in a van because I cannot do without a bathroom. But if you live in Australia, there are bathrooms every 20 meters. It's insane. Huh. And they're always so clean. And sometimes they even have the showers outside. So wow, bathrooms are not a problem. But if you're sleeping in a fancy neighborhood and, you know, you're just sleeping there and you have to go to the toilet, you are holding it because you can't just open the door. It on the <laughs> ground and right <run> away. <laughs> so you're holding it till the next day. And then a lot of people don't realize that van life routine is an actual routine. So you have your evening routine that is like, it's not like skincare and just lighting up a candle, but it's actually making the bed, finding the right place to sleep and sleep, no lights. And in the morning, the very first thing is just like waking up driving to another place and then having breakfast, going to the toilet and all that kind of stuff. Unless you're camping. Like if you're sleeping in a place that is like allowed for camping or you can just stay there, then yeah, just, you just wake up and you do your own thing. But like traveling in a van and living like that means that you're always moving constantly. You're not in the same place for longer than an afternoon just because you need to keep it low.
0: (laughs) That makes sense. That's interesting. Like every half an hour trying to move someplace. I can't even imagine like having to pack everything up. Half an hour is not a lot. But you time. don't have
1: to pack it. But you don't have to pack anything because everything is in the bag. You
0: don't have to like strap stuff down. Whatever.
1: Well, I have the pop top and I just need to put the pop top down and that's it. But like mm-hmm. not the house every half an hour. Just like if I'm waking up, oh, usually okay. very, very early. Like I, I usually wake up at five. And then I would do my morning stuff for maybe two hours, six, seven, and then start working around eight. And then I might go for lunch to the beach and then I open everything and I cook and I stay there. And then I close everything. If I still have to work, I go back to the office. Otherwise I can just keep everything open and I just go to the beach and this kind of stuff. But then when it's evening and I finish cooking, I might pack everything down again and go to a different place instead
0: of staying there. Oh, that makes sense. Wow. So interesting. And then what about on the business side of things? Well,
1: yeah, probably Wi-Fi is sometimes an issue. Electricity, because I have electricity, but not the right electricity to charge my laptop. So I always need to be a, make, to make sure that everything is charged. But when I'm launching, for example, like a lot of people would say like self-care for after launching or when you're launching, it's just like put your phone, laptop away, don't check your numbers and just take a bath or whatever. And for me it's different. It's just like, okay, I'm going to the beach and I'm just parking to the beach. Or sometimes I trick myself into going in places with no reception. So I know that even if I want to check, it's not working. And
0: I would say probably that's the most common yeah nice. I like it I feel like you would definitely like it here because all the beaches have very little reception <laughs> <laughs> you be like yeah that's great this is exactly what I want to be doing
1: <laughs> yes yes yeah no I told I really love when you can park right on the beach and then you just open the door and you are on the sand already that's amazing i love that
0: does the sand get really hot out there because here it's like it's really bad
1: i mean i am in the right kind of like i am in the middle of australia a little bit south on the coast so the water is really good like we have the forest season and all of that right now it's summer so yes it's
0: <laughs> i know it's so funny like i always forget that it's backwards and so every time I see you and I'm like oh it's so wintry. I have my sweater and then you're like yeah I'm just chilling out of here it's summer here.
1: <laughs> yeah I know and even the summer here like the winter is not really wintery mm-hmm. like you still have like you can still go to the beach for example and go into the water which is mine.
0: Yeah here you can but the waves are pretty high during the winter and if they're not high then it's raining and there might be sharks so. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, here we also have sharks.
0: Yeah, you guys have crazy sharks over there, right? They, they're they like huge, right?
1: Uh, yes, I don't think I've ever seen one, honestly. But yes, they say <laughs> that they they can kill you. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's crazy. And I think I'm trying to think of like the difference in the like different kinds of sharks there. I think you guys have like bull sharks and tiger sharks. And I think you guys have great whites too, right?
1: Yeah. Yes, those three,
0: yes. Yeah, bull sharks are the worst. Yeah,
1: those are like,
0: yeah, they're really aggressive. Uh, Yeah, here we had a sperm whale uh, carcass washed up on a beach a while back, a couple days ago. And it was like, everybody was like, oh, well, there's just a dead sperm whale on the beach. And it's like, cool, what are you going to do? You can't really do anything about it. So you just got to wait until the, you know, scavengers and stuff eat it. Otherwise, you just have a giant dead carcass there, and you can't like take it out back into the ocean or anything. It's just gonna wash right back up. So you just kind of have to leave it.
1: <laughs> oh my
0: god, I've never thought about that. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh I love that. Like every time I talk to you, it ends up being like really random topics. It's like, oh yeah, the- yeah, I don't know about okay. like talking about business, and now we're talking about like shark carcass shark <laughs> <laughs> i know it's always wrong but it's good it's good it's like we're touching up do you ever feel like because you are a very i guess independent and self-aware person naturally do you ever feel or did you ever get caught up in the feeling that you had to run your business in a way that everybody else was doing it or were you on another person yeah
1: Yeah, all the time, especially when you see how people running the business in a different way are successful or they have the result that you want to have. I always say to my clients to never compare it to people that you just see and know from the outside. Like when you see people saying, oh, my clients were able to land six figures in three months and never compare that because you don't know what else is going on. And I feel like a lot of people are also lacking They're not sharing what is actually going on. So you made 10K a month for the first time in your business, but you are not mentioning that you spent maybe six on a mastermind or that you have five team members keeping, pushing content for you. You know, so you always feel like you should do more without considering what you are already doing. It's really hard when I get into that mindset because I can see that it's not helping me or serving me. It's just a comparison, but I always, like, I have tools to get back to who, where I am and who I am. And that is like game changer for me, at least to realize it doesn't matter. Like they're running how they want their business. I'm happy for that. I'm running it the way I want it. And it can be slower. It can be faster. It's just my business.
0: What kind of tools do you use to kind of get that sense of grounding?
1: A lot of like mindset tools, like breath work. I have like, my morning routine has been huge. Like I I took so many, like I tried so many different ways to make it the perfect routine and it was never working until I created my own. And now finally, actually like, that is the one thing that I need in the morning to set the day right. Like if I do that, I am in this positive state and like, not even positive, but like aware state that I know. Who I am and what I want. It's almost like I get in touch with my bigger picture goals. So I know nothing can touch me. So I have that, the breath work and outside time and alone time. Like I need to have all of those for <laughs> every day. And I know that it's going to be all right. And if I, even if I skip one, it doesn't matter. But I can do this multiple times a day. And it always brings me back to how I want to do things
0: I love that and it's so important I feel like having kind of a list of things that you can do to reground yourself because when you're in that state of like overwhelm sometimes it's hard to even think of what you're supposed to be doing
1: <laughs> yeah 100% and honestly I stole this from a podcast uh it's called uh black girl therapy and the po- like the episode was like uh build your own break survival kit something like that and I have listened to that like years ago because I found it like super interesting. And they said like always have a kit of things that are like keeping you safe that you can go through everything. So they had like write a letter to yourself or journal and those are the journal prompts. So I thought, oh, it would be cool to have a list of things that I can do every day that of course they, that they fit my lifestyle and everything that can always keep me grounded. So it took so many attempts, but now that I have it, it's like,
0: yeah, <laughs> That's really cool. And it's true. Like sometimes it's a little bit of a process to kind of figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And like,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially because we get, again, people from the outside telling you that this is the routine that you should have. And every morning I do this, 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 and this is why you should do it too. And I feel like a lot of people, they're missing the line between I am sharing what I'm doing and you should do it as well, you know? So we always get bombarded by these ideas that that's the perfect routine because successful people are doing. So I have to do gratitude layers and I have to do 15 minutes of meditation. Of course you can do it, but only if it's working for you.
0: Yeah. And not everybody is the same. Like you said, everybody is unique. So obviously their methods aren't necessarily going to work for you because you're very different people.
1: (laughs) absolutely yeah 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 i tried to do like so many of the routine that a lot of people suggested and it never worked for me and even sometimes you can try some working and years later it's working like i remember when i first started my business i was working at night and like just night like starting 3 p.m and finishing 9 a.m kind of night because that was I would get inspired like that. And now it's like, I don't know, 9 p.m. I am in bed. (laughs) Nothing can change that.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Boundaries, super important. I always struggle with that as like somebody who tries to manage everybody else's emotions, you know? And so like having those boundaries of like, nope, I'm not going to answer my phone right now. Sorry. I know you just called me three times, but it's obviously not. It's super important because I don't do any life or death work for anybody. So.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you're able to, you know, see the boundaries coming in and you can choose, okay, I reinforce it or I don't. That, you know, when you see, okay, I have a real boundary. Like I have a boundary now.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. If you have an exit strategy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah, boundaries are so tough for me as well.
0: Can we talk a little bit about the blog? Because I know it's kind of like an off and on thing where you have guest people coming in and sometimes there's something up there and sometimes there's not, but can we talk a little bit about it? What, tell everybody what it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I start, you're referring about the identity blog post. Yeah. Yeah. So I started this series with another friend because we realized that we were having a lot of struggle reconnecting with our Black identities. We we're both mixed and we both have like different backgrounds, but very similar stories. And we've always struggled with racism in a way that was a little bit subtle. Like people not telling you harsh or bad things, but just like asking questions and like, microaggression on the daily. So we were kind of struggling with that. And we were like, I feel like I should write about it. And we wrote that was so powerful for both of us. Like we started as a thing just for us. Like we wrote a blog post each and it was like, oh, I feel so much better. Like the question that we have, this is amazing. Like I feel a lot better. And I realized, like, I remember when I started this process last year, I was struggling on the daily. Especially with all the Black Lives Matter stuff that happened last year, I felt like people were just interested in that because it was convenient, while for me, that was my life. And even trying to fix the relationship that I had with myself, I felt like it didn't make a lot of sense because people would just care because it's the moment or people would just care when it's convenient to them. So why should I do that? And then I also had, like, for me specifically, the problem was I am not white enough. I'm not black enough because I'm mixed. So it's like, what the fuck I am? So there was a lot going on and there was a tough year under that point of view. And writing was something that really helped me understand who I am, where I was, where to stand. So once we had the blog post, we were like, okay, no, we have to open this water, people. And we started getting other people to write for us and the feedback was amazing. Like everyone felt like this over overwhelmed feeling of like pouring off emotion and like feeling like they could finally open up even to other people. And a lot of people might even just send the blog post published to partners or friends and they would understand their point of view. Because that was the main goal for us. It was not to teach that racism is bad, but to show you how it made us feel in the daily, daily life is not about don't call this person like that, but this is how the person is feeling when you say that. It was more, yeah, like kind of awareness. uh, Cause yeah, like awareness. Yeah. And of course, like we were really consistent in the beginning, but at the same time it's something that we didn't want to put so much pressure. Because it needs to come naturally. And a lot of people are also struggling with writing about it. Like when they do, they love it. But it's the sitting down and actually writing. So we have some ideas for the future. Right now, we're all, like both of us, we're really busy with our life and our businesses. But the main idea that I had was to maybe start with a podcast because that would be an easier way to have people talk about it and to have the one-on-one connection. And then we can always turn it into a blog post anyway. But yeah, it's topic from next year.
0: (laughs) I love that. I know when you first started mentioning it, I was really interested because here we don't really have a large Black community. And like even the Black community that we have, they're not African-American necessarily. They're from actually Africa or like they're from the Caribbean or whatever and so it was a really fascinating thing for me because I don't know very much about either black culture or the racism that a lot of other places have because here everybody's so mixed that there's not that same level of like institutionalized racism or like assumptions about somebody based on the way that they look here like everybody is a mix of Portuguese, Filipino, Hawaiian, Spanish, all these different things. And so it's not like anybody necessarily ascribes to one particular culture. So for me, it was a really eye-opening thing to see you guys just sharing authentically, like exactly what you said, just not this is what you need to do. But this is just like what my daily experience is like, because that's something that I never knew. And that's something that I wish I had known sooner so that I could just kind of understand why the movements would happen the way that they would, you know, because it was like sometimes there would be these Black Lives Matter protests. And my brother, who has a lot of ties to the African-American community in Seattle, they sometimes were like, we're not joining these protests because these are just our daily lives. We don't need to protest it because we protest it every single fucking day. And this is just our existence. And I was like, well, then what's the protest about? And it was such this like interesting thing and i was like i don't understand what's happening out there and so it was really nice to just read your perspective on what your experience is instead of telling other people what to do it's really cool
1: absolutely yeah that was the main goal and also like everyone was from a different country so the experience was completely different like for example, for me, I'm not from the U.S., so everything is different, but Italy, and everyone, is very difficult to find Black people in Italy, so all of the stuff. And my friend also had a lot of stuff with, like, she's also mixed from, like, U.S. and Central America, so a lot of things happening. And all the people that we had, they were either from the U.S., we had a, a lady from Australia that was such a powerful story, and everyone had a very different experience. Like we shared the same feeling, but it was in very different way. So that was also for us a way to learn because it's different in every side of the world. And yeah, no, it was a powerful project. We have so many other people lined up and actually we were thinking about like we already decided that we're gonna open it to other nationalities, other background and other ethnicity as well. Because that's not only about black people. It started like that because we had the black thing in Conhan. But now we also want to talk especially to like indigenous people, also like Asian people. And it's like, yeah, like the racism experiences. We also had one guy that is like a black guy, a deaf black guy. So it was nice to see how it's different being black and deaf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Multiple things. It's <laughs> so cool. And it's awesome that you guys are able to connect because I feel like when there's a lot of oppression in society, A like easy thing to slip into is defensiveness instead of connection, you yeah. know? So it's cool that you guys were able to really connect on an authentic way and like still give voice to all this stuff.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And especially like on my personal page, that's where we had more, like more people reaching out and they were more aware of everything that was happening because I would post every single day about it and just, you know, very long posts about how I was feeling and people would react. Like that was the first time that I realized there is a community behind this, like sharing my struggles and people be like, same, I feel exactly the same. And I was like, oh, are you sure? Like (laughs) five minutes alone, I thought I was the only one. Yeah. So that was really, really powerful. So that's also like my personal page was just like travel and, I really wanted to focus on slow travel and van life. But since I discovered this, it's mostly that. Like I just talk about that because I want it and because I can see the support coming from it.
0: That's really cool. Generating like more conversations about it, I think is super important. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. So we, oh wow, we are over time actually. See, this always happens. You and I have too much fun together. Okay, so what's next for you, for the business, for the blog, everything?
1: Oh, my God. Okay. The blog, I'm going to start thinking about it next year. And yeah, I need my business to be, Since there are so many changes in my business. I really need to focus on that before I can focus on the passion project. Because, of course, it's time consuming. Because it's like interviewing people, writing the blog post, pictures, scheduling, it's a lot of stuff. So the blog, uh, probably, yeah. Quarter two is when I'm thinking about getting serious about it. My business, the goal with the agency is to be completely self-sustainable. I really, really, really want it to be almost on autopilot where I can jump in and do the strategy session and then communicate with my team so that we can still create amazing brands and websites. And the mentorship is my main focus right now. Like right now and Q1 is going to be probably the number one priority. I am really focusing like this last month of 2021 and the whole 2022 is going to really be focused on community building and visibility. So I am planning on giving away a lot of free stuff <laughs> and really build community. Like I feel we really are lacking community of people that want to run this as their own way. So I am planning something special for the community the part of it. And the creeping is just going to be creeping all
0: the time. <laughs> I love it. And then what about life? What's life looking like for you next, next month? Mm,
1: yeah. Like, well, I'm going to be pet sitting for the rest of December. So I, I will have house, kitchen, and showers available 24-7. And I'm planning of going back to my life in January or around February. And then March is when I have to decide what is what is next for my life. So, yeah, yeah, but it's still going to be like either in this side of the world or Africa. I was planning to go to South America as well, but I just think it's easier for me right now to stay here with all that is happening in the world. It's just easier and more, not safe, but just like, it's like I can expand my comfort zone in my comfort zone.
0: Yeah, it's more easy to predict what's happening. Like right here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I really want to convert a big van and that can all be done here. (laughs) So I really have to decide how I want to move forward.
0: That's super exciting. I can't wait to see what you decide with everything.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's going to be fun.
0: So, what I know that this is something that you're going to be doing with the mentorship program, but for people who are looking to run their business in a more authentic way, whether they're starting out or they've been in business a while and they're like, Fuck! I hate this. I want to do this my way. What's your like number one piece of advice for them?
1: Reconnect with who you are. Like, try to really paint the bigger picture. Like, try to not even make a list, but like, why don't you want to run the business your own way? And try to explore the reasons because it can be the fear of success, the fear of failure, fear, the fear of. It's not working because I don't have a proven strategy. But if why is it the best way to do your business, then it's much easier. Also, something that I've been learning with my, business, with my rented coaches is to always ask, what is the benefit of this? What is the benefit of actually doing this your own way? Whether this is a hard thing or not, like what is the benefit? And answer honestly, because it's just you thinking about it. So I would say this, I feel like the moment where you want to go in life, your business is going to follow. Like it's about building a business around your life, not the other way around. So as much as possible, try to align your business values with your life values. And that's the secret.
0: I like it. That's awesome. And how, if people are trying to figure all of that out, what is the first step, you would say? Journaling, a lot of journaling, <laughs> being aware.
1: Oh my God, that's a very good question. Well, like that's like step one in like my, my framework that I teach to my mentorship uh, clients. But it's basically yeah, like reconnect with yourself with different tools, different exercises and start picturing how would your business look like. If you were to do all the things your way, And it doesn't have to be more complicated or more slow. It's just going to be different. So I would say that and even find a way, like find a business that lights you up. It's okay to change your business direction if it's not going where you want to go. So again, if you're doing something just because you have the skills, but you don't like it, maybe that's a good time to change it or to see where are your skill. Like if you can learn new skills. So that you can do what you actually like, because you can learn everything, right? I think so.
0: I agree. Especially with YouTube. YouTube is amazing.
1: (laughs) YouTube, yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me today. It's always so fun talking to you. And I feel like having these conversations is so important, especially when I can use this podcast as a platform to give people other examples of what your business can look like. So... It kind of helps give people permission to build a business that looks like whatever they want it to look like. That's my goal with this. Thank you so
1: Absolutely. much. No, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to listen to the ad ads and see different lifestyle, different people, different ways of running business.
0: Yeah. I had step on here not too long ago and you were going to love her episode. <laughs> oh my
1: God. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
0: So where can people find you? What's your Instagram, the blog, anything you want to plug?
1: Okay. So my handle is the same on full platform. So it's very easy to remember. My business is wildly creating. And then I also have my personal page that is wildly Souvenir. Very easy to remember as well. My website is wildlycreating.com. And yeah. And my blog for the Black identities and identities stuff is silent travel is just with one Yes. Yeah, silent travel.com
0: awesome thank you so much Sonia and thank you guys for tuning in I can't wait to see you on a future episode I really want to bring you back and talk more about stuff so we'll see
1: thank you so so much for having me that was amazing
0: (laughs) thank you Thank you for hanging with us on another episode of the Imperfect Professional Podcast. This podcast is hosted by me, Shane Nacion. Audio editing is by Cassie McFarlane. Theme music is by my brother, Maluhia Music. And special thanks to all of our incredible guests who are willing to share their stories and support this project. If you'd like to share the story behind your business, send us an email at info at imperfectpod.com or send me a DM on Instagram at Shane Nacion Design. If you're interested in advertising with us, you can send us an email too. That's info at imperfectpod.com. We'll see you soon.